Welcome to EEN Moms Talk. We are going to explore how we are called to care for God's creation, what that looks like for modern moms, and how we can make better choices to protect our kids from environmental harm. Now on to today's episode. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to EEM Moms Talks. I am your hostess, Beth Bond, Director of Women's Ministries at uh, Evangelical Environmental Network, and I am super excited about today's conversation because uh, Cara Fleischer has been sort of on sort of the same track I was, which sort of started outside, maybe not, not outside of our faith, but sort of outside of the conversation of creation care, and the more work she did, the more she found out how this is something that's blossomed into a true, deep, meaningful calling in her journey with uh, God. And it's and sort of the, it's that same thing I happened, except our, our stories are completely different. So we're thrilled to have her. Let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about her. She um, is the creation care leader at St. Paul's United Methodist Church in Tallahassee, Florida, the co-leader of the Tallahassee Citizens Climate Lobby, a climate reality leader, a mom's clean air force super mom and um, she has a Facebook group that we have in our show notes and we also have a link to her blogs on the Tallahassee Democrat and a couple blogs we have on the EEM mom uh, uh, blog uh, website we have links to those but what's really exciting to me is is she is now a fellow earth keeper which we will explain later but that is a commissioned um, position with the Global Board of Ministries of the United Methodist Church. So welcome, Cara. Thank you, Beth. I'm so excited to be with you. Well, and you know, we met through EEM Moms. We didn't meet through the Earthkeeper thing. And so um, I just think that's so fun that, um, like, God has woven us together. Like, you can't, I'm so, very sorry, you can't get rid of me, right? <laughs> I was so happy to find you on Facebook. It was like, she is my people. So, yes, (laughs) we were definitely meant to be friends and to come together in this work that we're both doing. Yes. So, um, so like I was saying earlier, our our paths were were very different. Um, Tell us about what got you on the journey to, like, starting to think about, uh, well, back then it probably wasn't thinking creation care, but we're going to call it creation care. (laughs) Right. There was definitely a path. Um, Sure. Well, you know, I used to be in public relations. I was a writing major and um, I quit my job to be a stay at home mom and um, had our my husband. I had our daughter. We lived in Atlanta. And when we brought our daughter Lauren home from the hospital, it was a code purple smog alert day in August, which is unhealthy for any group. Um, And it was scary. We, um, you know, rushed her in the house, and that whole month of August, we pretty much, our eyes were open to uh, what smog alerts were, um, you know, and how they can hurt health, and it was in the paper almost every day at that time, Um, so it was something I really never paid attention to before, but once I had a baby, it really um, opened my eyes to, um, you know, this environmental problem we were creating with all the cars in Atlanta, and I couldn't even really feel comfortable taking my baby for a walk uh, in the stroller. So um, that kind of got me thinking about pollution. And um, then when she was a year old, her doctor um, realized how sick she had become. She had um, been diagnosed with asthma. 
and she was just getting respiratory infection after respiratory infection, and uh, we were having to do nebulizer treatments all day long, and, you know, it was, it was really scary. And her doctor uh, said, you know, if it was me, I'd go back to Florida to get, you know, this girl some cleaner air. And that really hit me that, um, you know, it was bad enough that humans were causing this in our, in our wonderful town of Atlanta. Um, and so by the time Lauren was two, we actually did. We packed up and we moved back to Florida. Uh, we went back down to the Tampa area. And we got hit by four hurricanes in one summer. <laughs> and that was like, welcome back to Florida. Um, and, you know, then I learned a lot about, um, you know, these extreme weather events that are becoming more and more common and um, learned about climate change um, effects and how air pollution and climate change are very linked. And, you know, from that point on, um my eyes were kind of wide open to what we were doing, um, especially in Florida. We're ground zero for climate change with sea level rise and, um, you know, extreme weather. Uh, so we ended up leaving uh, where we lived down there near the coast and came back to our hometown of Tallahassee, Florida, um, which has been a wonderful um, place to raise a family. And, um, you know, I just, I just was really awoken and became a mom activist. Um, through Citizens Climate Lobby. I was just doing a kind of search online and found this group that had a solution uh, for climate change. And, um, you know, it was very empowering of citizens. And um, they got me started. So I started writing uh, letters to the editor, and I went to Washington, D.C. to lobby Congress. Um, I made relationships with my local congressional offices, and it was a perfect fit for me to use my PR skills that I had already developed um, to have my voice be raised for this um, cause that I believe so strongly uh, that, you know, our earth is, um, you know, in trouble and it's up to us to be able to um, let our leaders know that we want to switch to renewable energy um, and to be, you know, more responsible. So I was doing that and, um, you know, I was also involved with Moms Clean Air Force, which was also a very empowering group. And um, I was at church, and I go to St. Paul's United Methodist here in Tallahassee. And I was just starting to think, you know, in terms of sustainability. And I was like, huh, I wonder what our carbon footprint is here. And um, I talked to my pastor about it, and she goes, oh, you mean creation care? And um, our pastor, Candace Brooks, you know, she knew all about this ministry called Creation Care that I had never heard of. Um, she pointed me to the Book of Discipline. We have a whole um, section in the United Methodist Book of Discipline about creation care and how we're, you know, called to take good care of God's earth and um, very specifically, you know, live a more sustainable life. So um, she encouraged me to start a group at um, our church, a creation care group. So we did. And it's been three years now, and we've um, won the Platinum Award for Creation Care for the Florida Conference two years in a row. And it's just been an incredible blessing. And now I feel so called to help other churches start their own creation care ministries. And so that's something that I'm actively working on. Awesome. Well, there's lots of, lots of things um, I want to ask you about. So, but the first thing I want to do is to, you know, a lot of times moms are like, well, what can I do? 
Well, if you're a stay-at-home mom in particular, you can definitely write a letter to the editor, and you can definitely call your congressperson. So let's start with writing a letter to the editor. What are some tips that you can give us um, to hopefully get us published? Sure. Yeah, well, um, you know, every newspaper, if you go online, you can um, get the email address for the letter to the editor. Um, editor. So um, they'll give you the requirements for your paper, but usually they're, um, you know, just a few hundred words, like 300 to 500 words. You want to make sure you stay within that number. Um, and really just speak from the heart. I mean, I think that's what resonated um, when I started doing this is I was just right out there like, I'm a mom, who cares? And I think that was really refreshing for people to hear that I wasn't like a scientist or a lobbyist. I'm just a regular person who's concerned about my kids who have asthma. And, um, you know, so if you read something in the paper, um, you can respond to it with the letter to the editor as well. They like to have that kind of engagement. when I wrote my letters to the editor, um, you know, they were so supportive. And one of them went viral, and I was getting emails from all over the world, and it was just pretty incredible what can happen. But, yeah, you just have to take that first step and just type up a letter and just make it come from the heart. I think that's the most important thing. Well, I love the idea of responding to something you see in the newspaper, and right now there's plenty of stuff Mm -hmm. to respond to. Right, um, and the newspaper mm-hmm. as just oh my gosh. So, um, I guess the 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 question is is like it, unless if you're not responding something in the newspaper and you want to share, I'm concerned, mom. How do you how do you pick? Because I mean, creation care is so broad, right? So, how do you yeah. pick your topics and and that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I think um, really focusing locally on what is being affected in your community um, is a great way or how your children may be affected. Like for me, my story with my kids who had asthma and I was having to keep them inside on smog alert days, Um, you know, here in Florida, um, you know, we have extreme heat. We have the Zika virus that's spreading. Um, You know, unfortunately, we have a lot of the uh, <laughs> list the yeah. list of factors that um, comes along with um, you know a warming planet, but um, you know other people in other parts of the country are experiencing things too. Um, you know you might have um, somewhere there's a, a gas pipeline being put in in your community, or you might have um, you know fracking going on, or you know there's so many different um, things that you know, you might be concerned about as a parent. I know there's lead, lead in, in some water. And, um, you know, I think it's just, and if it's not specific environmental concern like that, it could also be like um, I've seen lots of letters, um, you know, for there's favorite places that, that people go with their family if there's a favorite beach um, that they've been going to, you know, their whole lives and now they're, they're concerned about sea level rise. Um, or extinction of species or, you know, there's a lot of ways that um, this stuff really hits home, even in our own backyards, um, you know, that we can, we can bring it to life by relating how it's affecting us personally and, um, you know, sharing that. Well, that is great advice. 
that is really, really great advice um, and I think so helpful. So the second thing is, is um, I, I, think, I think people in general, um, but sometimes in particular, um, you know, oh, I'm just a mom kind of thing. I, that always drives me crazy. I'm like, you're the best person <laughs> in the world. You're a mom. You're raising the next generation. But they can be a little yes. intimidated about contacting their politicians. Now, I don't make it a habit to call my congressman every single month. I mean, I could mm-hmm. call him every single day, let's be honest. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, you don't want to call too much. But tell, tell us what, like, motivated you to call your, your uh, politician and tell us some of your approach for that. Sure, definitely. Um, well, Citizens Climate Lobby really – taught me a lot about engaging with our Congress people. And the first thing is to always be polite and uh, show gratitude for what they're doing. I think that helps a lot to just have a real positive approach. Um, But also, you know, to uh, (laughs) think about the idea that if you're not at the table, um, you know, there's going to be other voices that are heard instead of yours. So I think it is important to um, call, to go visit, and, um, you know, just speak from the heart. I think that what I have heard from when I have visited, and I've gone with Moms Clean Air Force to D.C., where we've actually even brought our kids to meetings, and the Congress people love it. They really see that we're real people. We're not paid to do this. We're not um, a lobbyist. I mean, we are flying up there on our own accord and um, meeting with them because we feel so strongly about it. We have our children right there um, so they can look at their beautiful faces and know that, um, you know, these these kids are the reason that we are taking our very limited free time that we have as moms because, let's face it, we're all busy. Um, but we're, we're dedicating ourselves to this because for me personally, I can't think of anything I would rather do than to try to help my kids have a better future. And I think as moms, we do so much for our kids. We take them to all these enriching activities and we make sure they have the healthiest food, the best schooling, um, you know, all the vitamins. We do so much to care for our children But this huge issue about the environment that they live in sometimes kind of flies under the radar. So to me as moms, it is absolutely um, critical that we are engaged on what kind of environmental uh, impacts are going on in our towns, in our states, and honestly, the world. Um, So, you know, and I would say that I don't think you can call too much, and here's why. When I went to these congressional meetings, they told me that if they get five calls in one day about a topic, that's a big deal. That gets on their radar. And when they talk to their boss, because a lot of times you call and you're just talking to uh, a receptionist or you're leaving a message, but they tally all of the calls and all of the subjects, and they sit down and they talk about it because the – you know, the congressperson says, okay, what did my constituents say today? And so, I mean, I don't call as much as I should. I try to call once a week. Um, but, you know, I have all of my congresspeople on speed dial on my cell phone, and you just push the push the call, and in 
literally the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee, you've got all your calls done. So on my Facebook page, I call it a coffee break activism. Um, and Good. it truly is just, yeah, taking a few minutes, calling them and reminding them that you're still there. You're a mom who cares, and, you know, you want them to make good choices about taking care of our kids' earth. Well, um, and that brings um, – I am much more locally um, involved um, in politics. Uh, so I'm going to share this little story. I didn't think I was going to share this story, but I'll share the story. So <laughs> we had a development coming in. I organized 21 Neighborhoods. And then ended up having a very good relationship with my county commissioner, who promptly turned around and appointed me to a board um, that is in the planning zone for our county. It is my least favorite thing, but I really feel called by God. And I know that sounds crazy that God called me to serve Southwest DeKalb, but I really feel called Mm -hmm. because it really is painful because neighbors can be really messy. Um, Mm. And I'm sitting there, like I left the North Georgia Conference um, tabling thing and then went straight to community council. And there was these guys who wanted to put in tire shredding on their property and they hadn't done any of the homework. And they were just sort of pulling things, you know, out of the air like trying to prove that they were this green quote unquote, you know, company. And they just, they had no idea. And they're like, we're going to shred tires and we're going to put them in playgrounds. Well, anybody, any mom who's been around knows no shredded tires in playgrounds. No, 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 no. And moms, if you have not heard that, no shredded tires, do not because um, tires are really messy and really, really toxic. And when you shred it, you release all that toxicity and then think about your kids playing in that toxicity so they leach arsenic they leach lead they i mean they leach um all those heavy metals that are in tires and so i was like you know thank you god thank you that i didn't skip community council and um you know and was there to be able to serve the neighbors and because i have such a good relationship with my commissioner they they unfortunately said we're meeting with commissioner gannon the next day so i called my commissioner and said i need to be in this meeting with you so like There I was in the meeting with her. So I think a lot of people can be intimidated, Um, you know, serve, serve your, um, your politicians as, you know, they serve you, but serving them is also great. You know, like maybe during election cycle, um, helping to organize a meet and greet or something like that, just to know that, you know, you're there to be in relationship and partnership with them too, to help protect the community. So, okay. Yes. Now, yes. If well, anybody... you, I could not. I, I was on. just going to say I could not have done it without uh, God. I mean, when I was up in D.C. walking those halls and seeing all those famous names that I've seen on CNN um, on the placards right. on the wall, and I was leading one of the meetings, and I mean, I had my my cross, and I was just holding it, saying, "Lord, you brought me here. Please speak through me and help me do my task." that is at hand and it was not you know it was not me (laughs) and that's that's why creation care is so important to me is because I feel that um you know this isn't just for me and this isn't even just for my kids this is this is a calling to try to help the people of the world the least of these um you know and it is true with um you know with God on my side I feel like um it makes me a much stronger more brave mama (laughs) <laughs> well, and I wish we would have this conversation more 
right? Where ordinary mm-hmm. people like you and me really feel like the Holy Spirit speaks through us. It's not all the time. I'm just telling you. I live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know how the traffic is. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, so I've been teaching climate justice to United Methodist women, and I was in the middle of this thing, and, I mean, it was just like, this thing poured out of me. I'd never rehearsed it. I'd never even thought about it. I'd never even put it together. And and I'm like, that's got to be the Holy Spirit because I'm just not that smart, you know? And, like, <laughs> just thank you, God, for, for giving me that connection that's so powerful. And I think, you know, those of us of deep faith um, or even those of us who may not feel like we're a deep faith, if we just take God with us, we just pack him up in the mm-hmm. luggage with us, He's going to guide yes. us, and thank you so much for bringing that out because that is so true. It's just so true. Yes. Okay, yes. so let's uh, move on to um, a little bit more about uh, so the um, so the citizens' climate lobby is different than the climate reality leader. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to just briefly touch? Because I mean, you're like me. You've got like, well, I did this, and I did this, and I did this. Um, <laughs> I I always say it keeps me out of trouble, but so explain to people, like, how did you get involved in the different groups and sort of just touch really briefly, maybe one or two sentences about the difference of each group? Sure. Um, well, Citizens Climate Lobby, or CCL, I found them online, and they are a citizen empowerment group. So um, we have 100,000 members across the, of the world, actually, and um, it's all about monthly meetings empowering citizens to become lobbyists um, for climate action. And that has been an incredible resource of education and support for me. Um, The Climate Reality Project is more of a uh, training conference. So I went to that one in um, Pittsburgh, and it was a great couple of days of just being poured into with all the latest experts' um, information about climate change. And then you leave there with this great um, PowerPoint presentation that you give. Um, and you are kind of uh, lifted up as someone who can now go and give this great PowerPoint. And, um, you know, Moms Clean Air Force, as you know, is a um, group that empowers moms to you know, speak out about clean air. So that was really um, important. That was one of the first groups I really uh, found online and just it resonated with me so much. What their line saying, sometimes to be a good mom, you have to be an active citizen. And that has really stuck with me. So those are all, um, you know, uh, non-religious groups. And then I found uh, Green Faith online, which is a non-denominational um organization that helps, uh, you know, us create creation care groups and uh, become active in our churches. Um, And from there, that kind of got me to creation care, which I love so much. Right. Now, tell us how you found out about um, the Earth Keeper program, and then we'll unpack that a little more deeply. Sure. Yes. Well, so I started the creation care group, and um, at St. Paul's, and that was really, um, you know, just bringing people, having an information meeting and bringing people together, talking about what our interests were. Um, it turned out that my team really wanted to start a garden, so uh, we wrote a grant 
in um, our county where we got $1,000 to start this garden in a week. So wow. we from not having much to having $1,000. So we started our church garden um, with the plans to give all of our harvest to the food bank, which we do. Um, and then from there, we've added lots of other activities. We have, um, you know, earth uh, films where we show different uh, movies. We um, have a ladybug uh, jubilee where we release 10,000 ladybugs into our garden. And it's a big kids kind of festival and education of um, beneficial insects and organic gardening. Um, so there's a lot of really fun things that have come out of the Creation Care Group. But um, I also was put in touch with Florida United Methodist um, Conference Task Force. It was a brand new task force. Um, Alon Brown was the chair, is the chair of that task force, and um, we connected. And so we've been working together for the last two years to try to um, really get Creation Care off the ground and, um, you know, in churches across the state um, because we believe it is an amazing way to um, inspire congregations to come together and um you know, be good stewards of the earth. And for us, it's been such a joyful ministry. I mean, we have, have, we have grandparents and toddlers in the garden together. Um, you know, we get written up at the paper. We have had a lot of interest in sustainability, people coming to our church. Um, it's just been a joy. So I feel like it's an amazing way to reach people, um, share the, the message of sustainability, um, but also you know, connect it to the scripture because, um, you know, we are called to take care of God's earth and be good stewards of it. And, um, you know, it's really, it's just, it's a, it's an incredible ministry and something that we are really excited about sharing. Okay. Now I realized I got so excited. I forgot to, to take a break and that's actually a good <laughs> place to break because we've talked about what y'all did at your church and we'll probably talk about that a little bit more, and then we can move into the Earth Keeper conversation. All right, so hold on one sec. Okay, okay. We hope you're enjoying this episode of EEN Moms Talk. If you want to engage more with us, you can follow us on Instagram at EEN Moms. You can follow us on Twitter at EEN underscore Moms. Or you can join our private Facebook group at EEN Moms. Just click to join, and we approve you in the group. If you want to download our free Bible study, hop over to creationcare.org and you can download it there. We really believe community is the key to everything, so we hope you will make us part of yours. Now, back to our guest. Okay, so I love what y'all are doing with your Creation Care group. And we are in the process of building Creation Care uh, teams all over the North Georgia Conference. And um, one of the things that I think is really, really important for creation care teams to understand is there is no one prescriptive way. Like we, there, there's plenty of people who can tell you what to do, but you know, based on people's interest, there's just no one prescriptive way to do something for your church that makes sense. So for our church, they put me in charge, and I didn't want to have meetings, so I just started working with the church staff, and we did like. Uh, LED retrofit on our chandeliers and they started a program where they started replacing all the LEDs and then if I had an opportunity to show a movie or have a speaker we'd do that 
So um, I love it that y'all have sunk in so deeply into this idea of church gardens, which is not, um, you know, a, a lot of people are doing that. And, um, and every church garden story is different and unique. So Ladybug Jubilee, I'm all over it. I love it. <laughs> yes, you are exactly right that it is, um, you know, it really depends on, uh, you know, the members of the church and what they want to make of it. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to tell you guys, too, is that we have written our own Vacation Bible School um, curriculum for creation care called It Is Good, and we're about to put it on in two weeks. So we are just so excited to do a creation care Bible study, I mean, um, Vacation Bible School, and um, every day is a different um, focus, like, um, you know, water, animals, plants people. Um, it's all based off of the creation story, and um, we're going to have um, some animals from a local farm coming to the church one day. And, you know, we're, we've written it all, and we even have some original music, so we're just, it's so exciting to be part of a church that, um, and have a pastor like Candace Brooks, who is so, um, you know, just dedicated and, um, you know, on board with all creation care. <laughs> Right, um, which my pastor certainly supports creation care, but it's not like that, right? Never comes yeah. to anything we do. And it's, you know, look, I'm not complaining, um, but right, mm -hmm. it's completely different when you have a pastor who's sunk in. Um, but that being said, I don't want um, people who might listen to this to get discouraged if the pastor never comes. Like the work, the no. work can happen without yeah. the pastor. Absolutely. Although I might switch churches be... and move to Tallahassee. <laughs> Well, and it could be a process, too. I think if you if you start small and have some successes, it will grow over time. I mean, we're in our third year now. So, you know, we started off, and it was like, you can do this, but you don't have a budget. And, you know, and then we just got the grant, which allowed us to get the garden. Um, and we wrote some articles about it and took some pictures and just kind of helped, you know, keep the conversation going. Um, and we've, we've, um, we have a list on ideas to get started um, creating with your own creation care group at the FLUMC website, um, which I can give you that address. And it's, you know, there's basically just 10 ideas. And, you know, one of them is to see if you can uh, publish some eco-friendly tips in your church newsletter. Um, you know, we celebrated Earth Day with um, a creation care Sunday. And, there's a lot of things that we still want to do. Like we really want to do some more nature outings and kayaking trips and things like that as a group. And we haven't quite uh, got that aspect going yet, but we could see that that would be a really cool thing to do. Um, you know, we have a lot of beautiful uh, natural places mm -hmm. around us. And so there's always room to do more. <laughs> well, and that is true. And I really believe that people need to, people think, Oh, Creation care is just something extra to do, and, I, and I'm like, no, that's not the way to look at it. The way to look no. at it is, is this is part of our journey as we walk with God, and it's something we have to do every single day, and we just implement it into our lives, right? And um, and, yeah. and don't think of it as extra. Just it's part of our daily journey. And for those of us like you and me, you know, like my sister's always worried I'm going to run around and tell everybody at the restaurant not to use a straw. Um, you know, it's, we, we have to be the example 
And, you know, when I started doing I so, um, you know, I had the blog and the blog's been going for 10 years and that's sort of where the journey started. And it wasn't like I changed my life. Okay, we're going to do all of it, right? You know, I hand out a list mm-hmm. of 100 things you can do and say, look, not everybody's going to do 100 things. But here's, you know, it, um, 10, 10, uh, 10 places is a good place to start. Um, yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times the 10 things, and I don't know about y'all's list. I'm sure y'all have some unique things on there because it's faith-based. But normally I was talking to my associate pastor about it. She goes, I just see the same 10 things over and over and over again. And I'm like, I got a list of 100. You know, just pick one, start it, add it. You know, and I tell, you know, yeah. you know, just add, add it. Like, you know, we don't, there's no pesticides in, in my yard. You know, like I, yeah. I had somebody trying to convince me and then I read the label and it was supposed to be organic. And I was like, no, no, you know, I'm okay Yeah. Um, that my yard well, isn't and, the, you know, the perfect yard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would say too, that a lot of these things are so simple once you do them. I mean, I have not changed I'm not you know I'm still a mom doing the same stuff I was doing before we just tweaked some things like um, you know when it was time for us to get a new car we sold the SUV gas guzzler and we got a Chevy Volt which is a electric car with a gas backup and in two years I put two tanks of gas in it um, wow. I love that little car we 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 get along great in that car you know so it's not like it was a big sacrifice I think, um, you know, also when I was just at the Florida United Methodist Conference and working the table, we would talk to people, um, you know, as they would come by. And so many people resonated with the idea of taking care of God's earth. So many people were doing it already at home. They were even taking the recyclables from the church to recycle them at home. And they were hungry for this idea. And all I'm trying to do is just communicate and support them in creating, you know, starting the ministry. But I think that, um, if anything, this is supporting our members and their values and living their values, which is only going to make them connect closer to the church. Um, and also I've had a lot of people join us from Citizens Climate Lobby and some of the other groups, um, you know, because they are so happy to see that there's a church that has this value that, that they identify with so strongly. So I really do think it's a, it's a win-win, um, you know, for the community and for the church. Right. Well, and it gives, it gives non-Christians a new face of the church, right? Like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I just thought it was all about Bible thumping or G, you know, and Mm -hmm. it is all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's all rooted in Jesus Mm -hmm. and it's, but it's the anchor of Jesus in our hearts that really want us to make us go out and make our communities better. I mean, that's really right. It's, yes. that's, it's yes. Matthew 25, do for the least of these. But what's the second commandment mm-hmm. Jesus gave us? We got to love God with all your mm-hmm. heart, all your mind, body, love and your soul. Neighbor. Love mm-hmm. your neighbor. You know, and yes. your neighbor, P.S., is not next door, although that's where you <laughs> should start. You know, your neighbor is mm-hmm. also across the world. So, Okay. I'm going to say right. this really quickly, and then we've got, we got to brag about the Earth Keepers because this is what really rocks okay. about UMC. So um, we um, had – so United Methodist Women, which is uh, part of the United Methodist Church, um, has a reading list, and they have a book on the reading list this year called Hospitable Planet. And the author was at my church on Sunday. He's from North Carolina but has family in Atlanta. And, um, you know, we're having this conversation about simple steps. 
And so the one thing I hope that people take beyond this conversation today, because we all got to start personally, but we got to move it into the church, right? We can't wait for the pastor mm-hmm. to preach it from the pulpit. We've got to, you know, you got to get in contact with your church administrators. You've got to, uh, you know, you've got to talk to your children's leadership. You know, I know we've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but we've got that great new book called uh, Terry the Sea Turtle and the Terrible Plastic Straw, which is a great way to introduce creation care into your children's ministries. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to get it into the church. And once those changes start happening, and sometimes you have to be like, turn off the light, you know, put, put, a, put a sign above every, you know, light, unless you're going to put in sensors and turn off the light bulb, turn off the light bulb, or, you know, this is 100% mm-hmm. toilet paper in your, in your restrooms. And right, I want to talk about that, but they need to know that this, this is a commitment from the church. And um, mm-hmm. it actually is an action plan for the church that gets church members excited. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we really got to do the single stuff, and I'm all about the single stuff. But those of us like you and me who are a little bit further on, um, the single stuff, we, we, we've got to be the ones getting in the churches. So, um, and that's why I'm so excited about the success y'all had at the Florida uh, conference. All right. Now let's, let's talk about earth keepers. So tell me how you found out. Cause I'm not sure I know how you found out about earth keepers. Right. Well, um, Elon Brown, who is our task force leader here in Florida, um, she, she found out about it and we, um, both said, wow, this is happening right up the road in Atlanta. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We just applied and um, got in, and, you know, it was an incredible couple of days. It was really just so exciting to see um, other very active and very um, dedicated, uh, you know, faith leaders and members who are, you know, wanting to take their actions to the next step and also to see the emphasis that, uh, you know, our church is putting on creation care, creating us as earth keepers. Um, it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. So I was, you're in the fourth class, right? Fourth or fifth, fourth. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. So I was in the first and of course I came in the, the door backwards because, I was so busy recruiting people for the first class, I never read the paperwork. And so by the time I sat down and read the paperwork, the deadline had already passed. And so I had to write a note and say, I'm an idiot. I did not read my paperwork. Do you have room for me? So, um, yeah, I know, but it was very not. They're like, well, we don't. I'm like, that's okay. I'll go in the second one. And then there's like, somebody dropped out. I'm like, great. So so Earth Keepers (laughs) is sort of the brainchild of Pat Watkins who, um, for those of us who are United Methodist, he was the missionary to the bishops on creation care. So creation care has been a value for a long time in United Methodist Church, but as I have learned over and over and over, we aren't the great communicators. We just, we aren't. Like, our bishops mm-hmm. did something on the level for the United Methodist Church, like the Pope's encyclical. Nobody knows. Pope gets international mm. news and sells a book on Amazon that becomes a bestseller. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're just right. not very good at communicating it. And so um, so this is really something that's important to the church, but they just haven't done a uh, a good job of communicating it to, to laity, and they haven't um, really figured out how, 
you know, we, we, we live this mission as a church. So Pat put together this idea of Earth Keepers. And what it is is people who are already, you know, very active um, in their local church, uh, and they basically come and they learn how to do community organizing, and then everybody picks their own project. And, um, and then they go back and they start working on their project. And so it's, it's a way for United Methodists to be in the community and the outward facing into the community saying this is a value that's so important to us as United Methodists. We've made it a priority. We are, you know, ominous, daemonous, commissioned by the church. And, um, you know, we're here to do the work. And the thing that I, we had 45 people in our class and, and, uh, the the projects ranged. I mean, the the diversity of the projects was amazing. You know, it went from pollinator protection to reforestation in Africa, to um, working on natural gas fracking in Maryland, to um, creating creation care teams and conferences. I mean, it was just all over the map. And you know, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, you don't have to be you don't have to be into solar to do the work of creation care, right? You, I mean, there's just so many right. different entree points. And that's what I loved was sort of the diversity of the uh, project. So that being said, I'm going to tell you I'm a failure, and I want to hear what your project is, and I'll tell you what I'm failing at. <laughs> well, Elon and I were both there together, and so um, our leader uh, encouraged us to do a project together, where we focus on the conference as a whole in Florida. So um, we got inspired by a video that we were asked to watch, and um, we, our project was to get funding so we can offer a um, free fruit tree to a church, any church who um, works with us, and we can help them start a creation care group. So we can actually uh, have this offering for them and, um, you know, base our work with them around uh, planting. And then, um, you know, they can use the harvest down the road to, um, you know, support people in need in their community. So that was, that was our project. That's awesome. And, and that's we, so great. We're still, we're still thinking about it, working on it. You know, it's kind of fresh, but um, – and what we found out at the Florida conference is um, maybe we don't need to give anything because people are so hungry for this that they just need to know about it and to get support to get started. But um, but we still are actively looking into how we could afford to buy that many fruit trees. <laughs> right. So we'll Which is a great way to commission it, right? I mean, I think it's a great way. And um, th- especially for those of us east of the Mississippi, right, this is – um, for the, the, you know, those in drier areas, this is a little bit of a more challenging conversation in regards to a serving community this way. But um, we had a community garden and, the, and listen, we had we had a community garden. We had people who were enthusiastic. They did it for about three years and then they lost interest. But they we still had the garden mm-hmm. area. So they decided to plant apples, apple trees. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got mm-hmm. like eight apple trees. And the thing I love about the apple trees is is it is behind a fence, but it's um, the fence is next to a sidewalk. So if a homeless person really was hungry, they could walk by and pick an apple, right? Just here is yeah. God's garden right here on the church property. You want an apple, we don't care, have an apple. 
But then when it was harvest time, we harvested 250 pounds last year of apples to get to the local food bank. Awesome. Yeah. Right. So I love the idea of the fruit tree kind of thing. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, you know, all too often we think it has to come from a farm. It's an apple. You know, it doesn't have to come from a farmer. Just pick the apples and take them to the the community garden. And so, I mean, to the food Mm -hmm. bank. So I love that idea of sort of reinforcing. And then, right, it all began in the garden, right? So it's a great message. That's right. Genesis chapter two fifteen. you know, what's the first job? We, we actually were given a job by God, tend the garden. That's what Genesis chapter yes. two fifteen says. So um, I love that project, and I love it that you're sinking into lifting people on this journey, right? I mean, it, it would be – so the goal is to have 500 Earth Keepers uh, internationally. Uh, Minnesota, there's – Minnesota is very strong in this, um, and that's where the National Creation Care Conference is this summer. Um, the bishop got so excited in Minnesota, he goes, 500 internationally, we're going to have 500 in Minnesota. So I don't know. <laughs> the fact that we have, y'all were the first class this year. We have actually two more trainings available. So if you're United Methodist and listening to this, um, we have two more trainings if you want to get in on that. Um, we have now 20 Earth Keepers. I, I'm pretty sure it's 20 Earth Keepers in North Georgia Conference alone, which is really exciting. Um, and so, you know, it's just so cool to know that this, I mean, this is this is something that's real, that's supported by our denomination, right? Um, and there's a lot of people who talk about it. You know, like the Episcopalians, like, they talk about it, and they went in and they did all the energy retrofits, but it's like they stopped. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't stop. Right. You, you do the next thing. Right. Um, yeah. And and so and that's the thing that I love about Earth Keepers, too, is it's something that, um, you know, you finish your project, you do another one, you know, um, and, and right. it's a three year commitment initially. And then they don't even know what's going to happen. But people are so enthusiastic about it. And we're about to hit three years of that first class that, you know, well, we're just gonna all together. Cause, you know, it's um. So my project was to get solar on 10 churches in the North Georgia Conference. And um, between um, my busyness and um, having this conversation, I'm going to fail. But thankfully, Pat said it was okay. He said I did enough work otherwise. That was okay. <laughs> so, um, but, but having the conversation with solar is a completely different thing than having the conversation about a church garden, right? Um, right. That doesn't mean that I don't think churches shouldn't do it, and there are churches that have done it. And I just want to encourage churches to really think about it because there's nothing that um, – you can have a church garden, and people could drive by it, and they could think it's landscape, right? They they wouldn't necessarily know the church garden unless it was something big or on the right side of the street or something like that. But solar is a big old billboard saying, you know, we support clean energy. And um, not only that, it's going to help you, you know, help the church save money for sure. And it's a long time, long term investment in the church, which says, you know, we believe the church is going to be around. And so, um, you know, so we'll we'll continue to plug along it, along on it. But if you're just starting out in creation care, solar is not the first conversation you want to have with church. <laughs> Correct. So um, yeah, we're yeah. we're on year three and. You know, we did an energy audit, and so we Good. found things that we could do, um, you know, like you said, changing light bulbs, 
closing up our envelope so we're not, you know, wasting a lot of energy. Um, and we are considering tying into a solar farm that our city utility has to offer. Um, you know, right now it was pretty cost prohibitive to do the, the solar on the roof, but um, you know, this is a process, and uh, we're really greening our church um, from the inside out where we're uh, promoting green events because nothing gets me more crazy than after we have these wonderful church gatherings, but there's just bags and bags of trash afterwards. Um, so we've, we've started having green events because, you know, we love to eat and we love to, to get together. But um, we have a great kitchen with all kinds of dishes, so our team has offered to help with the cleanup of other groups' events um, if they need it, so we can encourage them to use the kitchen and uh, do more green events and not use styrofoam, and uh, we're starting to recycle in earnest. You know, we've had one bin at the end of the hall forever, but um, we're really starting to recycle more in earnest, and um, we compost all the kitchen scraps, so, you know, there's things that we're doing, and the coolest thing about it is it's not just the lowering of our carbon footprint, but is it's the involvement of our congregation in these things that they never really knew um, what they were or the value of them before. And now we're having, you know, folks ask me all the time, well, which compost bin do you think I should get at home? Or uh, what should I be growing this season? Or, wow, that's where broccoli comes from. I didn't realize. And that's the kind of stuff that's just so cool is just the education value, um, you know, and just bringing people along and opening their eyes to this is stuff that we all can do and should be doing and it's easy to do and it feels good to do it. It really feels good. Well, and it's a great way to build community for sure, right? And that's really what, what we're called to do is to live in the community with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I will tell you, I have started riots, um, maybe not riots, but like have come in <laughs> mentioned styrofoam in the middle of my UMW speech, and then, like, you see women scattering to remove the styrofoam off the lunch table to get plates out. Um, my church actually <laughs> got rid of all the plates, which is an ongoing, the uh, you know, I mean, you know, because it's just so much more convenient. We don't have to have staff and, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, but it may be more convenient, but your your bins, your trash is filling up three times, million times faster because you've got all this mm-hmm. trash waste and now we're part of creating a 500 year problem i mean it, it you know i'm like yeah. look if you're going to go the convenient route that's fine i i'm not going to argue with it about that i'm all about like let's do better we don't have to do best right off the bat um mm-hmm. but please make a compostable paper that's renewable and mm-hmm. um and certified and not made from drilling oil and will go away yeah. in about two months you know, like, yes. I'm not, yes. I'm, I'm not searching perfection. Just give me progress. Give me just, you know, better. And so well, I have actually um, put together a list of things that churches can use to get rid of their styrofoam, you know, a whole list of things for people. I guess I should put that in the note. So, um, because I'm just like, okay, look, just, just do better. Just don't worry about the A, just, just go for the, the C minus. Cause right now you're at <laughs> F. So, <laughs> Anyway, well, I have enjoyed our time so much together. Me too. Me too. This has been fantastic. Um, And you want to say one more thing and then we need to wrap up. Yeah. Well, I just, um, you know, I'm so grateful to know you and uh, be part of this 
you know, ministry together. And I just would welcome anyone who is interested in getting started. Um, you know, they can contact me. Uh, go to our website, flumc.org slash creation care. Um, there's information on how to get started. And, um, you know, I just would encourage um, everyone to really give it a thought and, you know, read the Bible through the lens of, um, you know, creation care. You will see how much of the Bible is um, earth-focused. And I even have a green Bible, which everything earth-related is actually highlighted in green, and it's almost half of the Bible. It's incredible. So, um, you know, this is a way to live out our faith. And, um, you know, being good stewards of God's earth is, uh, you know, for taking care of God's creation, but also taking care of the earth for our kids. So it's, um, it's a wonderful thing. Well, I want to thank you because you have really been a blessing in my life and the leadership and the passion to like say, you know, this, this ain't my day job, right? Um, but I am so <laughs> called to go out and share this message. And um, I'm just going to, in case we have anybody who's from the Panhandle area who's listening and they have a MOPS group, um, we have mm-hmm. leadership guides for 2018-2019, uh, Finding Your Fire. And um, Cara has already agreed that if you all get any requests that, you know, she can fit into her schedule, she'd love to come and talk to you about it. So um, I'll put a link to the leadership guides in the show notes also. I'll put a link to uh, flumc.org forward slash creation care in the notes and we just really appreciate really really appreciate um your time and your and your passion right the passion is just so awesome <laughs> thank you Beth. you're the best <laughs> All right. talk to you later. okay bye-bye bye-bye yeah i, I love this this uh series i know we haven't been like a regular podcaster every single week. Uh, I was very busy in the spring traveling and, and sort of got behind, but Cara was like on the top of my list of like when we picked back up that she had to be with us because um, she is, she's, she's walking the walk and she's living in God's palm and helping people come to the realization that this isn't difficult. This is something easy to incorporate in our lives and that we are called as Christians to do this. So um, thank you so much for uh, her passion. And um, we've also got a link to our Facebook group um, if you want to join her there. And we are going to have another guest, um, and we're going to hear from my daddy this time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, he is a uh, river keeper, which if you don't know about the river keepers, that is um, a national program. And his faith, um, he, he walks his faith every single day at work, and I think that's just so awesome. And so we will be hearing from Charles um, very actually um, again this week. So if you've subscribed to the podcast, of course, it'll download. If not, watch out for that episode also uh, that'll be coming up um, very soon. So hope you are having a great week and a blessed week as you enjoy all this wonderful summer um, weather with the kids. And we will see you on the next episode. Remember that you can always listen to these episodes online if you want to, if you um, don't do podcasts at creationcare.org forward slash E-E-N underscore mom underscore talks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of E-E-N Mom's 
Talk. You'll be able to get more information on our website at creationcare.org, and we hope that you will like and subscribe to these podcasts on iTunes or your other favorite podcast player.